0: Do you wrestle with dreams? Do you contend with shadows? Do you move in a kind of sleep? Time has slipped away. Your life is stolen. You tarried with trifles, victim of your folly. Dirge for Jamus on the Funeral Plain from Songs of Muhadib by the Princess Irulan. Welcome to Reading Dune, a podcast where we read Dune by Frank Herbert and talk about. If you're a Fremen or a first-time reader, this podcast is for you.
1: My name is Caleb Pauls. And I'm Evan Diaz. And together, we're going to read some Dune. Yeah, we are. Hey, Caleb, should we tell them about my technical difficulties that I'm having right now? Sure, we might as well. Yeah, because it'll probably come up in this episode for some reason. Um... What are your technical difficulties, Evan? <laughs> I don't know my internet is being weird, so I might just uh, get glitchy or disappear, or stop being the f- funny silly uh, dopey Evan Diaz that you guys are used to at random points in this episode but well you'll still you'll still be funny, but you're never dopey and whether you're on
0: the podcast or not, you are still very important to people Aww. Thanks. You're welcome. You're crystal clear now. Okay. Um, so if you're watching on YouTube, Evan looks great, not glitchy whatsoever.
1: I look great. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. So we uh this quote. We have a song from Muhadeb. Um, this is a character we have not met yet. Um but it's definitely a song about your life is stolen, you tarried with trifles and you became a victim of your own folly. Yeah. Yeah, it's that that moment where you um you're going with with your life pretending not pretending, you 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 believe you're on the right path um and because Uh, That happened. You got caught up in something and time has slipped away. And you became a victim of your own misgivings.
1: Yeah. I mean, reading this quote without knowing what the chapter was about, I was like, oh, that's poetic. (laughs) And that was about it. And now looking back at it, I'm like, oh, man, I should have seen that coming. You know, like it's it's all right there. I mean, yeah,
0: you, cause you read the chapter, uh, moments before we record this. Yep. And then, uh, we talk about it, so yeah, this is your second time reading it through and you can kind of see more things that are happening. Right, 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 right. So <clears throat> let's talk about what time it is, what day it is. So for, from yeah, your recollection, I think so. Yeah. I think this is still right after um the Howitt Jessica meeting their encounter.
1: Yeah, but um it says he had like a meeting with Howitt where where they'd like talk about that the the situation with Howitt and Jessica. But yeah, there's enough time for
0: him to Howitt had um reported his meeting. With Jessica. So he talked about it. He let... How it had let Leto know, like, by the way, your concubine confronted me.
1: Right. Do we know uh, how long the How It Jessica conversation happened after the dinner party? Yeah, that one happened after the dinner party because Duncan... After.
0: Um... From whenever the party ended to two a.m. in the morning.
1: Oh, okay, okay. So this was like maybe this was two days after the thing with with Duncan and 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 Howitt and Jessica. Right. So some some time has passed. Um, we don't know if the Duke Lido
0: has slept at all in this time. We can hope so. It says he hasn't. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> Read the no. This is called reading Dune. You're supposed to read Dune. <laughs> no sleep for Duke Leto. Well, we get... Um, the scene starts. He says Dawn is yet a few hours away. So it's right before the sun comes up. Um, on Arrakis. And Leto is standing in the foyer of his house. And he's studying a note under a single lamp. So it's actually still pretty dark and ominous. And the note was given to the Duke by a Fremen messenger. And the note says, a column of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night. There was no signature. What does it mean? He wondered. The messenger had gone without waiting for an answer and before he could be questioned. He'd slipped into the night like some smoky shadow. All right, Evan, what do you think of when you hear
1: "column of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night"? Obviously, the Book of Exodus, where the Israelites are leaving. Uh, I guess it's just in general while they're wandering in the desert, um, the spirit of God shows up as a pillar of smoke by day and a and a column of fire by night. It's something something like that. It's like a cloud by day and a fire it, by night.
0: Yeah. and the Bible, it represents the the spirit of God is there with you. Right. Um and what a night for the spirit of God to for for God to be with Duke Leto and that he know he's coming. Yeah, but would, would Duke
1: Leto know that story? I, I mean Jessica would probably know it. Okay, is the, the OC Bible that they talk about, is that like, um, you know, the Bible? Uh, yeah, yes
0: and no. Okay. Um, so the OC Bible goes back to, they had a um, convention of religions when everything was all scattered out and the guild, was, the guild put it on to try to unite the people together to kind of under their monopoly, show how good things could happen. And so they got all of the major religions with over a million members across the across the galaxy slash Imperium together. And they put together pretty much all of the major religions. And they found there were certain phrases, certain motifs, certain images that were repeated throughout most of them and put them all together into one holy book that could be spread throughout
1: the Imperium across the stars. Interesting. So that story may have made its way into that book. Right. Okay. Um,
0: also side note, most of the people who were at that convention, um, were killed afterwards and martyred and they thought the OC Bible wouldn't stick, but somehow it did thousands of years later. Um, and that's what Gurney Halleck quotes a lot. It's what Jessica uses a lot. And Paul um, just recently read it. Right. So it's fresh in his memory.
1: He got Yui good that one time. Oh, yeah. Bam. Pulling Juana's favorite passage. Okay. Okay. So he would have had some context for, for that imagery, I guess. I don't know if the Duke Leto would have,
0: but if Paul was there, he probably would have figured out that something's about to go down. Okay. Um, but there could be, there could be another connotation to this. I'm not fully sure. I'm not hundred percent on this one at all. This is just my, um, novice speculation of what that could mean. But I think it's an interesting image from the Bible to use in this chapter because of what's about to happen.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Cause this is the night that tips the domino of the, the fall of Duke Lido. What? Yeah. All right. So still dawn. Bad, bad dawn's about to happen. Still really dark all around. He can feel the anti-fatigue pills are beginning to wear off. It's been two days since the dinner party. Longer than that since he had slept. So, yeah, he hasn't slept on Arrakis. And he pushes the paper into his tunic pocket, thinking he's going to show to Howick later. This is where he thinks. On top of all the military problems, there have been a disquieting session between Howitt, the report on his meeting with Jessica. And then he wonders, should I waken Jessica? There's no reason to play the secrecy game with her any longer. Or is there? Blast and damn that Duncan Idaho. He shook his head. No, not Duncan. I was wrong to take Jet to take Jessica into my confidence from the first. I must do it now before more damage is done. The decision made him feel better. That's good. Yeah, that's nice. He finally decides, okay, enough with this. I have to... I have to
1: uh,
0: tell Jessica what's happening.
1: And then there's a mewling. A mewling. Here, you hear it. (laughs) Um, oh man! Caleb sent me a screenshot of the definition of the word muling before I even started reading, and I was like, "Cool, man! Thanks, <laughs> thanks for the new word." Well, I had to look it up because I didn't know what it meant,
0: um, but I think it's like an automata appeal word, right. right? It's like a
1: yeah, it's like a weird, a weird cry, like a weird, like it says injured cat.
0: Yeah, it's it's a a, a cry, feebling, or another word I don't know. Way to define a word with another word I don't know. (laughs) It's like a a whimpering of an animal, like a hawk or a cat. Um, So the Duke decides, I'm finally going to fess up to Jessica. I'm going to tell her this whole thing was my fault. We are good. We are clear. Mind is made up. He hurries down the foyer through the great hall, down the passage towards the family wing. And this is like it's so cinematic in my head, like these long hallways with like this a few suspensor lamps. It's still really dark, making his way. At the turn where the passages split to the service area, he paused. A strange mule wing came from somewhere down the service passage. Leto puts his left hand to the switch of his shield belt. Slipped his kindle into his right hand. The knife conveyed a sense of reassurance. That strange sound had sent chills through him.
1: Yeah, good thing he's reassured.
0: (laughs) I mean, hey, he's got it. He's got a knife in his hand. That trusty blade. A lot of good it's gonna do (laughs) him. Well, I mean, and he hasn't put his shields on yet because we don't know what's going on. He's just waiting. I'm so upset, Caleb. Read on. (laughs) (laughs) Softly, the Duke moved down the service passage, cursing the inadequate illumination. The smallest of suspensors have been placed about eight meters apart here and there, turned to their lowest level. The stone walls swallowed the light. So he looks across and he sees a dark, dull blob, like a shadow, stretching across the floor, appearing out of the gloom ahead who is it leto hesitates do i activate my shield do i not activate my shield and then he remembers that they they just caught the harkonnens shipping in laser guns yeah and if a laser gun hits a shield you pretty much have a mini nuclear explosion that kills both people right right so you don't want that so he's like all right if it is a Harkonnen attack, they will have laser guns. I should not turn on my shield, because then I'm for sure dead. So, his hand quivers. Should we put the shields? No. Silently, he moves towards the gray blob, saw it was a human figure, a man, face down on the stone. Guido kicks him and turns him over with his foot. Knife poised, bent close to the dim light to see his face. It's a smuggler. Tewick. I don't know. We liked him too. We I, we really did like him. He seemed I like love a Tuick.
1: He's just like all he does is laugh <laughs> ominously in the corner at the dinner party like that's his whole this is one line.
0: I mean that well I mean, yeah, but he had an importance. Like he said, "Hey, I like Paul." And therefore right. and he was always on a um whose side is he on?
1: The ecologists' kinds. Yeah. And he was the one way out of uh, of of Arrakis. And I, I don't know if um, the perpetrator... I guess we can all assume that this is Yui that's doing this at this point. There's not a spoiler for this chapter for me to say <laughs> that. But would, do you think... I'm like hung up on the fact that Tuik died because I liked him. Do you think Yui was like, I need to kill the smuggler because their only way to like leave arrakis their only way to like uh find refuge or like go rogue or whatever is with this guy so i gotta get him or was it just like he happened to be there with Mapes?
0: i think either i think mapes knew what was happening and sent for tuic
1: Mm.
0: um Cause I think I think Mapes knows everything about the house. I think she would have um, figured it out. And right. I think she knows who the smuggler is. Um. So, because he's a well-known smuggler, and she would, hey, they're not going to trust me. I don't trust any Atreides. Let's get the smuggler. He's neutral ground here.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So, yes, it's Tuik, a wet stain down his chest. The dead eyes stared into empty darkness. Weedo touched the stain, warm. How could this man be dead? Weedo asked himself. Who killed him? And then the muling was louder. It came from ahead and down the side of a passage to a central room where they had stalled, bum, 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 the shield generators. Mm. So, hand on his belt, he moves over the body around the corner. He sees another gray blob stretched down on the floor a few paces away. He saw at once this was the source of the noise. The shape crawled toward him with painful slowness, Don't do it. Gra- grasping, mumbling. Guido stilled his sudden constriction of fear, darted down the passage crouched beside the crawling figure. It was Mapes, the Fremen housekeeper. Her hair tumbled around her face, clothing disarrayed. A dull shininess of dark stain spread from her back along the side. He touched her shoulder and she lifted herself on her elbows, head tipped up to peer at him, the eyes black shadowy of emptiness. For those of you now watching on YouTube, Evan has actually got up and
1: is like pacing around. Why, it's- Mapes, Frank, why would you do this to me? She was perfect. She was everything. She was our little raisiny woman. she was she was amazing. She was the abuelita of this story that was keeping everything together. Now she's gone. Frank, you did you did this. Way to hit us right in the
0: heart where it hurts the most. All right, you," she gasped. "Killed guard sent get Tuick escaped, my lady. You, you here? No," she flopped forward, her head thumping against the stone. Leto felt for a pulse at the temples. There was none. He looked at the stain. She'd been stabbed in the back. Who? His mind raced. Did she mean that someone else had killed the guard? And Tuik, had Jessica sent for him? Why? So we have this picture of Leto, like, huddled up with mapes, right? And he's got right in front of the kind of the shield generators. He started to stand up. A sixth sense warned him. He flashed a hand towards the shield switch. Too late. A numbing shock slammed his arm aside. He felt pain there, saw a dart protruding from the sleeve, Sense paralysis spreading from it up his arm. He took an agonizing effort to lift his head and look down the passage. He lifts his eyes and sees, bum, 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 our doctor with the nice diamond tattoo right in the middle of his forehead. Yui stood in the open door of the generator room.
1: Okay. Listen. Leto, I knew I knew Leto was his death, his something was coming soon, obviously. It was from the very first chapter they were talking about it. And, but Mapes <laughs> I'm still upset about mapes, you know.
0: I mean, you'll never hear me do the the mape's voice ever again. Like I'm it's over. I don't have to grieve that tonight,
1: Caleb. I'm gonna have to <laughs> process those emotions because I'm never gonna hear your dumb mape voice again.
0: You will shed your water
1: on account on account of mapes. Oh my gosh. No, but okay, uh in a more slightly more serious fashion. I started reading this chapter. I was like, man, Leto is still here. What's going on? And like got further and further into the chapter. I was like, Oh no. Oh no. This is where it's going to happen. Like this is where something's going to, this is where Yui's going to do something. And I was right. I mean, according
0: to Piter's plan, this was the last thing. They were going to signal Yui, Yui's going to hit the switch. So we basically, we know that Yui had went into the shield generators and needed to kill some people, probably need, probably killed Mapes, Tuik, and then flipped the shield generators. So as soon as the shield generators are down, you can just think of a thousand ships waiting above to come land on Arrakis. A thousand ships filled with Harkonnen's. And start a car that looked like Harkonnens. Oh, this sucks. This this is the beginning of the attack on Arrakeen. Okay. It's happening.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. There was stillness from the room behind him, the shield generator room. There's no sound from the generators because Yui turned them off. Yui, Wido thought. He sabotaged the house generators. We're wide open. Yui began walking towards him, pocketing a dart gun. Leto found he could still speak and gasped, Yui, how? Then the paralysis reached his legs. He slid to the floor with his back propped against a stone wall. I just, I get that image of just Leto alone in this moment. Like everybody's gone. Yeah. Sitting face to face with his traitor. But Yui's face carried a look of sadness as he bent over and touched Lido's forehead. The Duke found he could still feel the touch, but it was remote and dull. The drug on the dart is selective, Yui said. You can speak, but I'd, I'd advise against it. He glanced down the hall, and again bent over Lido, pulled out the dart, and tossed it aside. It can't be Yui, Lido thought. He's conditioned. All right, everyone believes this Imperial conditioning can't be broken. Apparently. But- Apparently it can. How? Lito whispered. Uh, I love this line. This line is so good. I'm sorry, my dear Duke, but there are things which are which will make greater demands than this. He touched his diamond tattoo on his forehead. I find it very strange myself, an override on my... Oh my gosh, there's a word. Pike, pike, pike. Um, paretic. paretic? Paretic. I say paretic. I like that one. Science fiction. Pyretic conscience. Maybe that's a real word. Is that a real word? Google it. Do, 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 do. We're going to the Google. We're going to see if this is a word. It's time for our favorite segment. Caleb Googles a good word. (laughs) Yes. Paretic. Feverished, fevered, or inducing a fever. Pyretic. Yeah, it's like pyro.
1: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Guys, we're all learning. Look at that.
0: Somebody commented uh, earlier that this feels like an English class. And you know what? It kind of does feel like an English class again. (laughs) But this is the best English class I've ever taken. It's dude. Come on. All right. So he touches his forehead and said that there are things that make greater demands than this, the conditioning. He says, I wish to kill a man. Yes, I actually wish it. I will stop at nothing to do it. Uh... He looked down at the Duke. Oh, not you, my dear Duke. The Baron Harkonnen. I wish to kill the Baron. Leto makes some noises at this point. trying to understand what's happening. (laughs) Baron Harkonnen. Be quiet, please, my poor duke. You haven't much time. That peg tooth, that peg tooth I put in your mouth after that tumble on Narcal, that tooth must be replaced. In a moment I'll render you unconscious and replace that tooth. He opened his hand and stared at something in it. An exact duplicate. It's core-shaped most exquisitely like a nerve. It'll escape the usual detectors, even a fast scanning, but if you bite down hard on it, the cover crushes. Then when you expel your breath sharply, you'll fuel the air around you with poison gas most deadly.
1: Plans within plans, man. So this is like a James Bond, like, secret spy tooth. That's probably where James Bond got the idea for the secret spy tooth. Maybe. I don't know.
0: Or vice versa. Right. Yeah. Weedle stared up at Yui, seeing madness in the man's eyes. The perspiration along the brow and chin. Yeah, I would be mad at this point, too, if I were Yui. And not like pissed off mad, but just like, this is his moment. Like, it's now. Yeah. There's no more stage fright. You're on stage. Lights <laughs> Lights are on you. Right. And you'll probably de- be dead very shortly. Um, Yui says, you were dead anyway, my poor Duke. Oh. I can't... <laughs> I remember just Reverend Guy's home mahama just like nothing for the father. Like you getting into the situation, Lito will die. There is nothing you can do about it. And that's what you was basically saying. Like, yeah, they were, they would crush us. It may be not today, maybe not this year, but eventually they would crush us.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Lito has kind of been, you know, there's so much death speech. He's been waiting for this, but I think now that the moment is here, he's like, I wish I had five more minutes, you know, I wish I could have gone and talked to Jessica before this situation happened.
0: Right. Because he's not told Jessica that it's cool that they're cool. She still thinks that he thinks that she's the traitor.
1: Uh, <laughs> so stressed out,
0: Caleb. <laughs> and this was a short chapter, but I love that this chapter is so pivotal of what's going to happen. So yeah. So, you're dead anyway, my poor Duke, but you'll get close to the Baron before you die. He'll believe you're stupefied by the drugs beyond any dying effort to attack him, and you will be drugged and tied, but attack can take strange forms, and you will remember the tooth, the tooth, Duke Guilido Atreides, you will remember the tooth, the tooth, the old doctor leaned in closer until his face, drooping mustache, dominated Leto's narrowing vision. The tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Yui muttered, like, we get it, the tooth, but he's meant to be drugged, so I understand why you need to kind of repeat this into his brain. <sighs> Yui lowered himself to one knee besides the duke. I made a shaitan's bargain with the Baron, and I must be certain he has fulfilled his half of it. Okay, note, um... I did not know what that meant the first time. Shaitan. Uh, when I read the books only until like later on in the series, that I understand what that means. It's a reference for Satan. Oh, so he's saying I made a deal with the devil.
1: Oh, uh, okay. 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 That makes a lot more sense. Cause that's how I read it too. Like um, I read it. Shaitan. Cause um, this is a weird connection that I made, but there's a Fuji's song. Or they say like Shaitan don't play or something something like that, and there it's it's like an old an old like Haitian Haitian slang word for Satan, I think. So yeah, that's um in the OC Bible in the vernacular
0: of the Imperium, Shaitan would be the devil figure. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So he made a, a, a deal with the devil, aka the Baron, and he must be certain the Baron's going to fulfill his half of it. But what does Yui want? Do you remember what Yui wants? His wife. He wants one. Yeah. Because he believes that they have her.
1: Or they might have her. Or they might have her. Or they do yeah. not have her. And he just needs to figure out which one it is. Because he
0: can't know until... He can't, like, rest until he knows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When I see him, I'll know, when I look at the Baron, then I will know. This is Yui talking. But I'll never enter his presence without the price. You're the price, my poor Duke. And I'll know when I see him, my poor Juana taught me many things. And the one is to see certainty of truth when the stress is great. I cannot do it always, but when I see the Baron, then I will know. Yui tried to look down at the tooth in Yui's hand he felt this was happening in a nightmare. It couldn't be. Yui says, I will not get close enough to the to the Baron, or I do this myself. Yeah, okay. I mean, let's be real. If I'm the Baron, there's no way I'm gonna put the traitor anywhere near me. I'm just gonna kill him right away. Because I don't need that extra baggage. Yui says, but you, ah, now you are my lovely weapon. He'll want you close to him and to gloat over you, to boast a little. Because the Atreides and the Harkonnens have this vendetta, this multi-generational vendetta to which, I mean, the Duke said that he would fight the Baron in one-on-one combat with knives. So that's how bad he
1: wants to kill him. Right. I mean, so would I. It'd probably be fairly easy because the dude needs... Jet propulsion for his fat rolls. Like all oh. oh,
0: he has to do, it. he sits on you and you're dead. It's done. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, like that was a joke we made to middle school to people. Like I'll sit on you. Like that is the Baron. And he's like a middle schooler. Like a messed up one <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, we're gonna offend somebody. We need. To I'm sorry.
0: Anybody in middle school? Middle school is not that bad, but it does get better. Yeah. Just when you're listening, because cool. that's what I needed to hear. All right. Um, so now Yui inserts the tooth. Pop. Yui leans in closer, and you, my dear good, my dear Duke, my precious Duke, you must remember what you gotta remember? The tooth. the tooth. The tooth. The tooth. The tooth. And this is where Lito was like, No way, Jose. Like, I'm gonna refuse. Yeah. What if I just say no? Refuse. I mean, you got to exert your free will somewhere. And free will is to say no. And this is where Yui goes, ah ha ha, no, you mustn't refuse. Because in return for this small service, I'm doing a thing for you. I will save your son and your woman. No other can do it. They can be removed to a place where no Harkonnen can reach them. How? Save them. By making it appear, they're dead. By secreting them among people who draw knife at hearing the Harkonnen name, who hate the Harkonnen so much they'll burn a chair in which a Harkonnen has sat, salt the ground over which a Harkonnen has walked. He touched Toledo's jaw. Can you feel anything in your jaw? The Duke thought he couldn't answer. Okay, maybe he hasn't put the tooth in yet, but yes. This is where then Yui... Takes the Ducal signet ring off Duke Leto's hand. And he says, For Paul, he said, You'll be unconscious presently. Goodbye, my poor Duke. When we meet, we'll have no time for conversation. A cool remoteness spread upward from Leto's jaw across his cheeks. I just imagine cinematically, like this is where like everything just goes dark. Like you're yeah. your first person viewer of Duke Leto the shadowy hall narrowed into a pinpoint where Yui's purple lips were centered in it. Remember the tooth, Yui hissed. The tooth, and thus ends the chapter. It's over, the, and and the attack on Eriken is probably happening as they speak. Like troops are probably pouring down at at this moment, just lighting things on fire because they can.
1: And that's what's happening. I'm so upset. This chapter was so short, but so upsetting. <laughs> you texted me because the last couple of chapters have been pretty long. You right. texted me like I'm finished. Like that was a really short chapter. I was like, yeah, yeah man. But I ended it by saying that was a really short chapter. But damn, <laughs> I was not ready for that today. Well, we've. I've
0: been trying to like amp you up, that, like that. That it's coming. For Dugueto, but we—when will it come? And now, it can, yeah, here it's here. It happened. Oh, so, man. All right, so I got two questions for you. Okay. Who do you think um, Yui was talking about when he said he's going to send Paul and Jessica to? How is he going to save them? How do
1: you think he's going to save them? I mean, I assumed it was just the Fremen that he was talking about. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I figure they have reason to hate the Harkonnens, and they—I uh, don't know—would would be likely to take those actions when a Harkonnen does something. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely be an action they would take when they see one.
0: Um, but yeah, send them to the Fremen. All right, that's good. I like that. That's a good. That's a good hypothesis. We'll see what happens.
1: Oh my gosh, that's not going to be <laughs> it. Oh, I'm so stressed out. <laughs> oh.
0: This is probably the most stressed you get every uh, once a week. Yeah.
1: Actually, I wish this was the most stressed. <laughs> this is actually what calms me down from the rest of my week. Uh, okay. So the hypothesis, we still have a couple more. We have one more chapter
0: with Huey as he encounters the Baron and they have that conversation. But do you think that from what information we learn now, that Yui did this because he was mad, like he'd lost his like
1: sensibilities. Uh, mad in the in the more British sense, like not like
0: any- the Mad Hatter.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad.
0: yeah. Um, or was he incompetent? So he's either mad, incompetent, or he's desperately in
1: love and needs an answer. Oh, I'm for sure, the third the third option. Um, that's. I mean maybe because of his desperate love and his need to know if his paramour is still alive he's gone a little bit crazy but yeah i mean i think i think it really comes comes down to like love his love for his wife overshadows the love that he has for the atreides which is already pretty big you know you can you can see it even in the way he talks about them and how he's like in the other chapters, when he's like, "Oh, why do why do I have to betray them? Like, I wish I didn't have to." And because like, he has this like admiration and this love and this respect for the duke, especially, and 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 um, the rest of the family, but his love for his potentially alive wife is that much bigger. You know, that's I think that's what it is. But
0: well, I think
1: that's the only thing that could break his
0: conditioning. Right, that would make sense to me. Um, and so it's an interest. I think it's an interesting view What well, Frank's talking about love because there's certain things that have happened that have put the whole Imperium off balance. Yeah. So there's this moment because this is going to change everything. Um, love did this, it drove him to this as well as Jessica having a son was because of love or at least she says it is. That's so another thing. It's going to put the whole Imperium out of balance. So chaos, almost chaos comes from a form of love trick. Love is the only thing we can't control. Yeah. yeah. And I just, yeah, I think it's a good thing. Good thought to have that love makes you
1: unpredictable. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, it's just that powerful that it can, lead to such dramatic results, you know? Dang. Uh, we brilliant. we got a question from the audience. Let's see if, you,
0: what you got. Yeah. Okay. Here's a question. Would Wido's shield have protected against a dart gun? What do you think?
1: I think so, because it would have it been moving fast, right? Right. Whole, slow, a slow puncturing knife would work against a shield but a dart gun is like that's fast so from what i know which is not that much i think it would the shield would work so yeah i think a shield would work too
0: um and yeah that's that's the thing well thank you for reading dune with us you can find us on twitter at reading dune um, or e- email us at readingdune at gmail.com we got a lovely email if I can do a shout out real quick from from Megan McCain in Fort Worth Texas we just want to say we hear you and thank you very much she's oh, an ICU email. she's an ICU nurse um, working double overtime because of well 2020 and COVID and uh, know that the movie's coming up and she wants to, can't really fit into her schedule so she listens to us oddly enough, during her drives to work. And that's how she gets her Dune in. And you know what? Thank you. Thank you for reading Dune with us. Um, I'm so
1: proud of myself <laughs> for contributing to your life because I'm doubly proud of you for what you're doing for the world. That's what I have to say, Megan. Good job. You're awesome.
0: So, yeah, we'd love to hear some emails. Where, where are you at? What's happening? How has Dune affected you in your life and whatnot? Because Dune
1: is great. True. All right, y'all. Anything else, Evan? Um, there there's a couple um there's there was one comment from I don't know how to say this, Sahaya Sahaya Dooney. I think her I think her name's Anna. She's in other spots too. She's a big Dune fan. Anna or Anna, just let us know how we say your name. I don't want to mispronounce your name, either your fake new name or your real life human <laughs> name. But she said that Exodus was included in the OC Bible, which is good to know. Yeah, right here. Yeah. That's the Exodus me, story. I think when I left the room, it <laughs> said, said uh, my my reaction is is her during most of, the, of her first read. So I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of freaking out and I'm glad somebody relates to me. <laughs> Lots of people relate to
0: you, Evan. Aww. Lots of people are re- reading this for the first time and really feel like they either can't know what's going on or just, it's just, this is what happens in Dune happens in Dune. It's uh, We're about to see what the difference between the Imperium and what Dune is. So that will be a fun realization when that happens. But yeah, if you want to catch us live, we are on YouTube. and are also on Twitter live when we do these every Thursday. So check us there. If not, um, if we're on your podcast app, give us a follow, share it with a friend, do what you do. And remember, please stay spicy, and we will see you in the next chapter.